Another wine and gold winner as the Cavaliers remain perfect here at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse this year. Five and one on the season now with a win over the New York Knicks. It's the Cavs Insider Postgame Report coming at you next. Cavalier fans are walking out of Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse very happy this evening. A 121-108 winner over the New York Knicks to run their record to 5-1 and one on the season. And a quick check of the Eastern Conference standings, just a half game back of the Milwaukee Bucks. How's it going, everybody? Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Cavs Insider uh, post-game report here. John Rutter, Spencer German breaking this one down. Uh, all right, Spence, we talked about the uh, matchup with the Celtics just the other day. Uh, and we talked about maybe perhaps Sunday night could be that proverbial trap game where they're looking at another matchup with the Celtics just down the road. It maybe felt that way at some point in the third quarter, but they doubted in the Cavaliers doubted in here down the stretch and another impressive performance from Donovan Mitchell, as well as uh, another big night or a big night from Kevin Love and Dean Wade as well. Yeah, man, it's getting sort of redundant to keep talking about Donovan Mitchell. Like, I think we've used all the the, uh, the adjectives we possibly can to describe him. Uh, another 30-plus point performance, continues to be in that MVP conversation, certainly carry the workload while Darius Garland is out. Um, you know, he's been pulling double duty kind of for carrying the weight of two players for, for the for the bulk of this first six games, and he's he's, he's lived up to the billing. So it, it's impressive to, and fun to watch him play. I think I saw a stat earlier this or over the weekend. Um, my, my days are all blurring together. That, that's life with a five-month old. You know? um, and I saw there was like a stat on guys who were leading the league in like drives to the basket, and he had like an 89% like points scored off of drives to the basket. He was at like 89% of the time when he drives to the basket, points are being scored, which was like I think the second highest of, of everybody who was on this list. Um, obviously – not something that probably is sustainable for the course of an entire season, but that certainly is a stat that I kind of looked at and felt like, man, like that certainly speaks to how important he's been to this team in the early stages of this game or of the of this season. Um, so yeah, another good night for him. But I I do think the the story tonight, John, kind of revolves around two other players. And and you mentioned one, Kevin Love off the bench. He dropped 29 points. I think he was eight of 13 from three. So uh, doing kind of what he does. I actually thought that so the guy, the other guy I want to mention is the guy who got the chain tonight. I thought yeah. Kevin Love was worthy of the chain tonight, largely because not only was he scoring on the offensive end, but then he's down there taking the charges. He's doing it on the defensive end. I was like, dude, this guy's got all the scrap tonight. It's got to be Kevin Love. But the chain <laughs> actually went to Dean Wade, who put together a nice performance of his own, uh, scored 22 points. So he had over 20. He was 8 of 11 from the floor, 6 of 8 from 3. Um, and really, in. Karis LeVert having a cold night after his 41 the other night, which let me just say to fans out there who maybe are a little worried you you go from the performance he had the other night to that, that's kind of Karis LeVert, guys. Like, keep that in mind. He can have these hot and cold stretches. That's kind of the player that he is. But when he's on, we saw what can happen against the Celtics the other night. But with even with him having sort of an off night, what you got from Dean Wade was immensely impressive Again, him getting a couple of chances to kind of be squeezed into the starting lineup here with Darius Garland still out, and you know that was that was good to see from from him coming in and stepping into that role and playing really well. 
Yeah, and, you know, 22 points, uh, new career high for Dean Wade. One of the reasons why I think he maybe was the guy that uh, got the chain tonight. Um, look, we talked about, you know, his uh, performance. He's taken that starting small forward role here recently and, and really run with it. Uh, and, you know, you have to really commend the effort that he's put in. Uh, and you really took the words right out of my mouth with Karis. It was <laughs> – I don't want to say disappointing to look at the stat sheet when you look down there and see that I think he was uh, at one point he was 0 for 9 from the field. I think he only had one point uh, yeah, throughout most of the evening, yeah. finishing with just one. Um, but I did notice some things that are that have kind of become hallmarks of his game that we talked about the other day. Like the, the hustle was still there. Um, I saw him pull down a couple of offensive rebounds late in the game and get second shots. Um, one of them was his own second shot. He, of course, missed it. Um, but uh, you, you have to really love the performance that you got from Kevin Love and, and Dean Wade tonight um, with, with everything that they were, were able to contribute to that lineup. Um, look, this is kind of a Cavs team where on any given night, one of these guys can really pop off for 20 or 30. We, we, we maybe previewed that early in the season. We've seen it uh, time and time again with Donovan Mitchell. Uh, now Kevin Love joining the party. Jetty Osmond, we've talked about him at times this year. And now Dean Wade getting his act together. Or, or getting his uh, um, you know, name involved in that conversation as well. Donovan Mitchell, uh, through six games, scored 30 or more points in five of those first six games. So okay. uh, there's the consistency that you're kind of getting, and then you're getting other guys that are really contributing on any given night. Karis LeVert last night, Dean and Kevin tonight. What I also loved was uh, how they came out defensively in that fourth quarter. Um, they had a great opportunity, or there was an opportunity for this to – maybe go sideways in that third quarter. You're coming off of an emotional win. At times it looked like they might not have the legs underneath them um, after that hot start that they had. And it kind of seemed like New York was starting to get things rolling in that third quarter. Uh, and look, this team's really answered the challenge at every point of adversity that they've faced so far this year. I know it's very early, but you have to love what you see uh, because when push comes to shove, when they're able to bear down, they kind of they, they're able to respond with an effort. Yeah, no, um, and and kind of you know what you're alluding to, John. I think all encompassing everything you've kind of hit on, just tells like speaks to I think the depth of this team, which is something that um, JB Bickerstaff has brought up a lot this year already. But you're talking about, I mean, this might be the deepest Cavs team we've seen in our lifetime. I mean, I know it's 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 been a long time where since we've had a team that was you know really like two rotations almost deep, where you have guys that you feel pretty co confident in. Um, and that's, that's just a luxury to have throughout the season. Cause there's going to be injuries. There's going to be times where like we're seeing with Darius Garland right now, like guys are going to get hurt. There's going to be moments where somebody's having an off night and you need somebody else to step up. And that's really, that, that kind of sums up. I think this game for me tonight is you, you had a night where Karis Levert was off his game. You're still missing Darius Garland. Who's going to kind of step up and, and provide those points. And well, you got it from Kevin Love. You got it from Dean Wade. So no matter where you look on this roster, it's almost like there's somebody who can kind of pick up the slack if somebody else isn't having having isn't on their A game. And that's that's so good to see. Um, so I mean, that's a luxury for this team to have all year. It's obviously going to come in handy, we would imagine, during a potential playoff run for this group. And that's not something that a lot of a lot of teams really have or can tout. I also, you know, we're talking about Dean Wade, obviously, for for obvious reasons tonight. You almost want to say, like, man, is he is he playing himself into the the starting three? But I know, John, you wrote you wrote a piece about this before the game started because JB Bickerstaff hit on it. He basically said, like, yeah, 
Karis LeVert, he's going to be in the starting lineup for the foreseeable future. So if anybody was thinking like, oh, maybe Dean Wade's playing himself into a role or there's still something kind of available there, it sounds like it's Karis LeVert's job, you know, once Darius Garland gets back as well. Yeah, he really, JB really quickly put an end to that conversation before <laughs> uh, before the game started tonight. Uh, and, you know, it was a fair to wonder because, you know, we know how they like things with, you know, the three seven-footers last year when Lowry Markin was involved in the lineup. Dean provides another element of length and size and able to uh, knock down perimeter shots. If he's able to do it successfully like he has recently, I think that it was fair to wonder, hey, maybe that's something that they could explore and, and would Karras maybe thrive more consistently on a role coming off the bench. But um, JB said that that would be disrespectful for, to the work that, that Karras has put in in the offseason and preseason uh, to earn that starting small forward position. Um, he's up front and he says, like, look, we asked this guy to wear a lot of hats during a given night and to have multiple personalities within a given game. There are times when that changes uh, possession to possession. You know, now he, you know, he earned the small, the starting small forward position. Now he's, you know, playing the two guard alongside Donovan Mitchell uh, and had a big night the other night. Um, I, you know, so there's, he, he, he quickly ended that conversation that, he, look, Karras is going to be, be the starter for the foreseeable future, barring anything significant happening. Um, and you know what, for JB to, who, who usually doesn't give a whole lot of, uh, then usually likes to leave us up in the air and wonder those things. It was nice. <laughs> I kind of appreciate him nailing that down. Um, but I think that that really speaks to what he thinks of, of Karis. Um, he said he had a conversation with him last year, right after he arrived here from Indiana. And Karis basically said like, look, I'm adaptable. You can use me however you want. I can adjust, I can adjust to those roles. He kind of enjoys that uh, opportunity and he's, really kind of relishing that role here so far this season. So uh, anybody that may have been wondering if Dean Wade could potentially slide into that starting lineup, it looks like things uh, might go back to, you know, Donovan Darius, Karis, Evan, and Jarrett once, uh, once, once Darius is finally clear, but three straight games with this current setup. uh, And I would assume that that would be, that would continue moving forward here. If if Darius isn't available on Wednesday night against Boston. Yeah, I would agree with you. Did I, I did, didn't get a chance to hear too much of the pregame, uh, press conference. Did JB give any insight, John, that maybe we can share with people on when Darius Garland is expected back? Because there was talk that he would maybe be ready for tonight's game. Obviously, that didn't happen. Are they just kind of playing it safe with him at this point? What did, what was kind of the timetable that maybe he gave a, an overview on on that? They're still just kind of waiting for Darius to feel comfortable with the eye. Um, I know that he was going to be fitted with some protective goggles. Um, I saw him shooting uh, a little bit at the practice facility the other day at practice, but he was so far away. It was difficult to tell if he wasn't wearing anything. It was difficult to tell if he had any swelling or anything like that. Um, I think it's still kind of a game by game basis. Uh, he is able to JB did say that he's able to you know hold his eye open on his own. Now um, he is able to see out of it, which is all, you know, all good indications. Um, look, they're just proceeding with caution when it comes to Darius Garland. Um, there's really no need to rush him back specifically with how things are rolling yeah. right now. Look, take as much time as you want to get healthy and we'll, we'll insert you into the lineup here once we, once we get you back. But um, you're going to be rocking. I, I the, uh, is he going to be rocking the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar goggles? Is that what we're I, as far as for what I understand, he is going to be wearing <laughs> some sort of protective eyewear out there. And it's funny because you see him on the bench and like, he's as animated as ever. Like he doesn't look like he's, you know, in any sort of pain or discomfort out there. He's got the big glasses on, glasses, up yeah. down, yucking it up with his teammates. You have <laughs> to love it. And I think that that's all indications that, uh, you know, th- things are trending in the right direction. Um, JB did say that he is lobbying to play. He is chomping at the bit to get back into the lineup. So it's, it's going to be sooner rather than later. I think they're still just taking it on a game-by-game basis. So uh, 
we'll still have to wait and see when he will return to the lineup. I know everybody always wants to point to the next game, but uh, Wednesday night against Boston could potentially be that night. Yeah, and that's obviously good to hear. Um, but but to your point, John, I and I 100% agree. I think most fans would. You know, you want Darius Garland for the long haul of a home stretch in the spring and potentially a postseason run. There's no need to rush him back, especially with this team winning now five games in a row, kind of as currently constructed without him. Um, and you know, that's do we know the last time that the Cavs won five? Did they win five games in a row last year? Was it was it more recent than I'm thinking? Um, I believe that I'm not sure if they had a five game streak uh, last year, um, but I do know that this is like the best five or six game start that they've had since that 2016 2017 uh, start. Yeah, they started out five and zero that year. Um, I think that everybody liked how that where that season went as far as ending in the finals. I think that they would like it to end a little <laughs> bit better. But um, look, uh, you can't make the playoffs in October, but you can certainly yeah. uh, set you up to make your life a lot easier if you're able to pack home some wins like they have early this season. And what has impressed me so far is they've done it against a variety of different types of opponents. Like they've had kind of the, the Orlando magics in here, a team that you know that you're better than that you should beat. And you know, they've lost games like that in years past. They took care of business the other night. Um, they have a Eastern conference power in the Boston Celtics. They're able to knock them off in overtime and an impressive effort where they, you know, outscored them, by double digits, I think, uh, in the extra time. So they're, they're winning in different types of ways. Tonight they chuck up 53s. It's not exactly how JB would have, would have drawn it up. They are the, uh, one of the best three-point shooting teams in the NBA this year. Um, but he said that, you know, when, you're, when you have looks like that, um, you know, it, it's not exactly a game plan where you would draw it up to shoot 53s, but he was pleased with most of the looks that they got tonight because they were, a lot of them were open threes. Yeah, which is obviously a, a great thing to see. And I, I, I think the one thing that maybe get, has given me a little bit of concern is just like it seems like the last couple games there's been like one quarter where they've just put yeah. up like a complete dud. Uh, I think it was yeah. the second quarter against Boston. It was the third quarter tonight. But again, and this kind of goes along the lines of what we talked about on, on Saturday, but you see them be able to rebound from that and really finish games and I think in the majority of games this year, I was kind of trying to look it up before we jumped on, they've outscored most of their opponent, opponents in the fourth quarter. I think aside from the Wizards and uh, maybe I think Toronto and the Wizards in that game that went to overtime, they obviously pulled it out at the end. But, you know, it's good to see that, like, when they have those moments, again, faced with a little bit of adversity, they kind of stay, stay together and they're able to kind of bounce back. Uh, interesting sort of – um, observation from the fourth quarter tonight, John, was that Isaac Okoro was in there for the majority of that fourth quarter, sort of in that lineup. And I know JB was asked about it after the game. They kind of said like, oh, is that just kind of riding the hot hands? The lineup that you had out there was kind of the guys that were clicking. And JB basically said like, yeah, you know, kind of just riding it out with what was working at the time. Um, and I know you, uh, you, you kind of alluded to this, but you talked about how Isaac didn't enter the game for quite some time tonight. And then he ended up playing a decent amount of minutes because he finished out the the fourth quarter with the with that group on the floor. But um, it, it again, I I still think to go back to what we said on Saturday, like his lack of scoring is an issue for him getting ex- extensive minutes. I think in certain games, but yeah. you know, I think in instances like we saw tonight, it, he's a good asset to have going along that theme of what we talked about earlier, depth. 
um, to be able to put out there and maybe shut down a guy late in the fourth quarter like we saw tonight and be able to guard another team's best player in crunch time. So I think that's kind of what they're looking for from him at this point. But I don't expect Isaac Accord to be that guy who's like taking over a game for you late in, in the fourth quarter. And he doesn't need to be, to be fair. But um, sort of he has that bad game against the Celtics where we're kind of questioning what his role is and where he fits. Gets a chance tonight to sort of find a spot where he he was he was more valuable and, and needed on the floor. So I think at this point, I'm kind of willing to say like jury's kind of still out on on how he fits on this team and what his role is going to be. And it might change even more once Darius Garland gets back. But um, for now, I think it's kind of a uh, wait and see approach for people who still have questions about Isaac Okoro. Yeah, I think that was a little bit of situational basketball that we saw there from JB, kind of using him in a in a. Um, in, in an opportunity where you know they were up, so they weren't necessarily looking for offense in that regard. So they're focusing more on the defensive side. Yeah. And of course, as soon Good as point. I hit publish on that, he he kind of uh, he, he plays most of the most of the fourth quarter in that. But you know, the, just kind of the that was just more of a, more or less an observational piece in that. Um, you know, the, the the injury to Darius really provided uh, Isaac with another opportunity to kind of seize hold and show that like, look, this work that I put in the offseason, specifically on my three point game, is is paying off and I'm going to be able to contribute in more ways than just on the defensive end of the floor. And we haven't seen that so far this year. And I thought that it was glaring that you saw that much of a drop. Like he went from 26 minutes a night to five against Boston uh, and had like three points or I'm sorry, three fouls in two minutes uh, the other night and was, you know, I think a minus a minus 12 in five minutes. So like not good numbers that you want to see specifically from someone who, you know, is, is a capable on the defensive side. Um, and it's almost like frustrating because like we, we, we see it in flashes and like sometimes the aggressiveness is, is there. I know he's more keen on putting the ball on the floor and getting to the hoop, but like he missed another wide open three late tonight. Um, and the building probably would have popped had he had he knocked that down because I mean, this was one of the best atmospheres that I've heard in this building for a regular season game. And when Donovan knocked down the, uh, the three for the four point play, um, it was very loud in here. And, you know, the MVP chance started. Like this was uh this was a good atmosphere here tonight, uh, and if Okoro could have knocked that one down, you know the place would have been rocking as well. But um, you know we're still we're still waiting for it. Uh, again, fortunately it is still early, um, and you're just kind of continuously waiting for for that for that big night from Okoro. Everyone else seems like they've had it so far, so we're waiting on Okoro to have his night. Yeah, and maybe uh, maybe at some point he he finds that spot to sort of be the guy offensively who they they turn to and. And really contributes in that role. But tonight, like we said, it was it was Dean Wade, it was Kevin Love, who who by the way, I I've been I gotta tell you, John, uh, a little peek behind the curtain here of Spencer German. I, I <laughs> one of my goals in life is to come up with a nickname for like a player on some team, and it becomes like the trending nickname for that player. So my my nickname for Kevin Love is is literally the Silver Fox. I mean, think about like people think Kevin Love's an attractive guy. He's got the gray hair kind of coming through. I think it's a perfect name for him. And so I'm, I'm trying to get this thing going. But that's what I call Kevin Love. I think he got robbed tonight. Should have had the chain. It should have gone to the Silver Fox tonight. But I need I need people out there to help me get this name going, all right? The Silver Fox. That's what we're calling Kevin Love these days. We'll, we'll have to throw it out there because Donovan, he, he interrupted Donovan's postgame presser by, like, slamming the door as he came as he came walking in. Uh, <laughs> Donovan said, you know, he, they, I think that they call him – Either Kevin calls himself Grandpa, or Donovan is one of the guys. That See, calls him that's that fits that fits that so nickname it's, perfectly. It's perfect. Silver Fox. We're we're, we're going to try and roll out the narrative on that. <laughs> All right, final thoughts to wrap up this uh, one twenty one to one hundred eight winner here. 
Cavs five and one on the season. They've run their win streak to five straight games. Spence, uh, what are you looking forward to here as we set our sights on Boston again here at the Fieldhouse on Wednesday night? Yeah, I'm interested to see, um, you know, we kind of talked about this tonight maybe being sort of like that that trap game, like don't look past it because you got the Celtics again. I'm interested to see how they play against Boston with it being with the games being so close to each other. Because now these are going to be teams that like just saw each other. They're going to be kind of familiar with what they threw at each other a couple of days ago. And, you know, how do you respond that second time around? Like, are they going to come out and punch in the mouth again and maybe you don't respond this time? Or are you going to be able to kind of come out and, and provide, you know, maybe some changes or some adjustments early on that are going to allow you to win that game again? So, but I, I'm, I'm obviously I'm excited for that game. Given what we saw on on Friday night, I think how can you not be right? Like we both kind of said, we'd love to see that in a seven game series. So this kind of gives us two matchups of of those two teams within a week. And I think also like we talk about winning games early and how how important that can be down the stretch of the season. Like this is this could these games could matter for you in terms of standings when you get to the playoff seating, knowing that the Celtics are going to be a team that's obviously we expect should be at the top of the standings as well, expect should be competing for a title. So I'm interested to see how um, they respond now kind of just a couple days after seeing that team. You know, are you kind of going through the motions or are you going to come out ready to go and try to beat that team again? So I'm I'm curious about that and obviously just um, seeing whether or not Darius is finally good to go back in there because, listen, as fun as this has been and as great as it's been to see this team win five in a row and rattle that, that win streak off, we still are kind of knowing this is happening without another key player, right? So I, I want we, – we still haven't seen yet like the Cavaliers in their their true iteration of what they're supposed to look like other than – what was it, like a quarter and a half of the first game yeah. of the season? So I'm curious to kind of see how that comes together. That would be an interesting wrinkle that maybe you throw into that game as well if he does play against the Celtics because they didn't have to worry about Garland in the first time, the first time around. So uh, definitely looking forward to that one again, and and I, I know I'll be glued to the TV as many as as well as many Cavs fans will be. Yeah, absolutely. The punch counter punch there, and you have the Boston Celtics again here at the Fieldhouse on a Wednesday night. And Scott just bringing up an interesting point as well: the rebounding department. Boston will have Williams back into the lineup after he did yeah, serve the one point. suspension for bumping into the official. So uh, I know at times the Cavs have uh, been out rebounded, which is kind of shocking considering the rebounders that they have on this team. And, uh, you know, the Jared Allen, your Elvin Mobley's, and even a Dean, guy like Dean Wade and Kevin Love you can throw in there as well when it comes to rebounding. So putting a bow on it here from Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. 121 to 108, the Cavs a winner over the New York Knicks. For Spencer German, I'm John Rutter. And Brendan Gulick behind the scenes running the show this evening for us. So we appreciate your help. And if you're watching this or listening to this, that is, in fact, why the correct trailer ran at the beginning of this, because I wasn't the one that was actually pushing the <laughs> buttons for this show. So we appreciate your help from behind the scenes, BG. We will talk to you here again from the Fieldhouse on Wednesday and, of course, give you any updates throughout the week on CavsInsider.com. For Spencer German and John Rutter, this has been the Cavs Insider Post Game Report.